You're listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast, episode number 26. Hello, witches. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming to listen. My name is Jennifer, and I'm the founder of Painted Goddess, a magical container for magic and healing. A magical container? A container. Definitions of containers um, have come up a lot recently, and it's good language. It's good language to understand what kind of container you have made for yourself, for your work. Um, Containers can be circles. They can be a commitment to a practice. It can be um, some kind of intention that's set to do some kind of piece of work so you know I think creating a container on purpose with some intention is a really beautiful gift to give yourself and so I hope that you are working on your own kind of container and uh, I know some of you have even reached out to help me uh, to understand what kind of containers you are working on and um I've been able to use pieces of my work to help you uh, build those containers and or do work within those containers. So I appreciate everyone who's listening. I appreciate everyone who's um, hired me to do some work with them um, with astrology and tarot. And I'm really excited um, to just continue doing that. And um, it's really uh, a great honor and blessing. So thank you. You may notice <coughs> my <laughs> my voice is like super um, fantastic right now. No, <laughs> I I came back from retreat over the weekend and I had um, I did a lot of yoga. I did a lot of Yin and restorative yoga. I also did uh, sit in quite a few uh, sound bathing rituals and sound bathing is quite an interesting thing for me and my body I have um, uh, I mean it's it's definitely a response I think um, is this illness because I don't get sick very often and I as soon as I re-entered my home about an hour later I had this tickle in my throat and I started to feel the linings of my nostrils it's like oh you know So it's possible I caught something from my daughter, you know, my kids went back to school last week and she's been sniffly, but just suffice to say that being, um, kind of dismantled energetically by sound bathing, I, I feel like maybe left me a little susceptible to catch something and, or the other thought that I have is I have been doing so much, um, healing work in my throat chakra, um, speaking my truth speak my truth in a way that um, I really do attempt to make sure that I'm not hurting others by speaking my truth. And um, I know there are those in my life that don't feel that is true, that my truth gets in the way of a relationship with, with them. And that's um, something I've been trying to figure out what that means. Um, and take responsibility for what is mine. So I'm working on everything, you know, I think that the process of me awakening to a deeper sense of spirituality has um, really dismantled parts of my life. And as I've been putting them back together over the last uh, six or so years, um, it hasn't always fit right. And so I'm, working on how they fit back in and what that looks like. So, you know, anyone who says that, you know, (laughs) healing your shit is, you know, it's neither, it's neither crazy and chaotic, nor is it, I mean, it feels pretty normal in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm just noticing the narrative that I have around it. And of course I want to protect myself and my own, um, pieces that I love, right? But part of that is ego, and I have to figure out which part that is so I can befriend my ego and 
um, not seek to really dismantle my whole um, self. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? <clears throat> so anyways, I got home and I started to feel it and I was like, oh shit, I got to go to the store and get some stuff. So um, of course, um, you know, any of the natural food stores are not open late at night. And I don't live that close to any of them either. And I needed to get there and back quickly so I could put Evelyn to bed. <gasps> Excuse me. And so I went up to Hagen, up the hill, and they had an all right section of things I was able to get and herbs, uh, an immune season herbs on the go, which is um, a, an herbal supplement by Herb Farm. Um, it's got black elderberry fruit, astragalus root, echinacea root, um, eleuthero root and ginger rhizome and you know it's distilled um, with some cane alcohol <coughs> and and glycerin and you basically you um, spray it in the back of you spray it four times in the mouth and then swallow up to four times a day best taken between meals is the intention so you know I've been spraying this in my mouth it's pretty intense and gross you know and I'm not a fan of tinctures and that kind of thing to be honest they I find them pretty harsh and um I prefer tea but um everyone know I mean to me like getting bags of licorice root tea is worse than this because I, I'm not a fan of licorice root tea even though that's probably the best thing for my throat and all of that because it's a demulcent herb which helps to protect anything that's irritated any of your cells that are irritated while they're healing. So anyways, oh, so many lovely herbs to work with. And, um, I also bought a huge, like head of garlic, which I made soup from. Um, sometimes I just eat the garlic straight up, but that can be pretty intense too. My intention is to, you know, some of the diaphoretic herbs, um, increase heat, right? So just like a fever, if you induce the heat, you know, you increase the heat in your body. And I'm not suggesting this in any way for anyone else. I'm just telling you what I do for my body. And it's quite intense as I'll eat some garlic or, you know, the ginger that's in this immune season, you know, think something that will bring the heat up in your in your body. Um, sometimes it gets to me at like brings up the level of whatever is going on in your body it like intensifies the sickness so instead of taking like some kind of cough syrup or some kind of Sudafed or some kind of whatever cough over-the-counter medicine that will basically um, uh, suppress all of your symptoms but you'll be sick for probably like a week I like to intensify my symptoms and I'm usually not sick past three days so this is um, I was sick, you know, Sunday night, this is Tuesday afternoon, so it's been less than 48 hours and I already feel like I've gone through at least three stages of this sickness. So it's on its way out, but, um, definitely still doing the thing and taking care of myself, but I really wanted to, you know, continue recording, um, every week on this podcast. It's something that I really enjoy doing. I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening and reaching out and um, there's something very strange about my work being out in the world and being seen I know if any of you are like me which I imagine you are right um, being seen and being honest and authentic in the way that we're seen is like this really wonderful gift that makes you feel giddy inside and it's also kind of terrifying um, I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting a couple of people who this weekend who um, we've been constellating. We have uh, uh, friends in common and then, um, you know, I post a lot of content so people have seen me in videos and different things and then I just always have this thought that when they see me in real life, they're possibly disappointed in who I am and, you know, that's old programming and... You know, it's just something that comes up that I notice. I interrupt the thought right away and say, Jenny, you're amazing. They are lovely. You guys are meant to meet each other. Like, stop having 
you know, these imposter syndromatic kinds of spiraling <laughs> rabbit holes, right? But yeah, it's just a very interesting thing. And as I um, do this work, noticing um, that piece of myself, um, it's, it's, you know, it can get, it gets kind of vulnerable is what it is, right? So part of my work is showing up anyways and doing the work and um, being of service how I can and knowing too that, you know, I'm not here, <clears throat> you know, everyone's doing their own healing. My intention is just to hold space for that. As I mentioned, you know, um, I get to, you know, by, by, by being willing to be seen, right? This is, you can do this in your life, right? No matter who's around you. If you're willing to be seen for who you are, then that is giving others permission to show you who they are. And sometimes that can be a really intense thing and too much, right? And sometimes it's perfect. And just noticing the, the highs and lows of that, just like anything, there's, there's highlights and there's shadows. And, you know, we're all just kind of making this up as we go along. So what does it look like to be in right relationship with, you know, um, our service and our boundaries and, and all of that to be in right relationship. And, you know, I really do wonder how, how to do that for everyone in my life. Right. Um, you know, one might think my relationships are really good, right? I don't know, but I have relationships that are challenging just like everyone else. And, I'm not my quote unquote best self in every conversation. And, um, I don't always, um, you know, have this, this ability to, to honor and understand someone. Sometimes it feels really confusing to me and my ego gets super, you know, activated and all I can do is just be in the moment and and hope that it's not um, catastrophic in my relationships, right? So, you know, all things in good time. I have, I'm just really, I think it's interesting, you know, the summer is passing and we're heading into the dark time of the year. The days are getting shorter and so many people that I know recently have like been late for work because um, the, <laughs> the, the sun just doesn't get up when it used to. So it's harder to, to wake up in the dark, clearly. Uh, so it's, you know, these things are happening. They ha start to happen rather swiftly. In the Pacific Northwest, we've had a few days of pretty intense rain following some pretty incredible lightning storms and so the coolness of the air has you know it's all shifting and shifted almost and we'll probably have some good crisp fall days ahead but the the hot days of summer are over and I think some people are like wait like wait a minute what did I wish for <laughs> right because they've been you know kind of complaining about summer all summer um which is why I always try and embrace the weather, whatever it is, to some degree. I definitely have my favorite kinds of weather. But uh, this summer, this really kind of beautiful hot summer has allowed me to be in the garden and to have my herb spiral really uh, thriving this year. I transplanted a bunch of red clover from my lawn. So this wild red clover is now growing in my herb spiral and it is going nuts. It's like so amazing. So there's part of me that's like wondering how this, most of these herbs are perennial. So they're all generally going to come back next year as long as I mulch them correctly and keep them, you know, protected during the winter when it's really, really cold. So I have some work to do there and, um, it's just definitely the seasons changing time. Right. And, um, you know, I think, the kids going back to school has kind of allowed me to 
make some space for other pieces of the work that I had been putting off. And yet I've still been procrastinating on some of these things. So I'm really excited though. There's a really cool fall kind of unfolding for me. I have a lot of events coming up. Um, And if you're in the local area of Seattle, I really encourage you to reach out or go to my Facebook page. You'll see um, my Facebook page is at Painted Goddesses. Um, but you'll see, um, in my events, all the different places I'm going to be going. And, um, it includes an art maker space event, which I'm super excited about, super femme energy. And, um, all of us ladies are going to be offering different things. Um, and I'm going to be reading tarot there. Um, and then, um, and my girl, Stephanie, is going to be uh, serving delicious mimosas. But it's um, art um, and um, photography and uh, yoga. There'll be some yoga that day, too. So it's just a really beautiful community kind of art maker space event. Um, and I'm really, really proud and honored to be part of it. So... Uh, yeah, there's that. And then, um, on, and that's on the 29th of September. So if you're in Seattle area, take a, um, yeah, that you can find that on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, reach out to me. I can send you some links. And then <clears throat> I'm also doing a witch's night out, out in Enumclaw, Washington, which is super exciting. Um, they have a pub crawl, I guess, through, um, the main part of town. And me and one other witch, Braxton, the empathist, is going to be, uh, we're going to be along the route somewhere and, and put on the map, but we're going to be like in some dark corner. I, I picture it like in some dark corner, like in some bar, um, reading cards. It's my dream. I'm so excited about it. So um, that's on October 12th. And that'll start in the evening time and go to like 1 a.m., I think. So um if you're in the area and, uh, and coming to that, I'm probably going to need some coffee. <laughs> um, so I'll be like shooting, shooting coffee shots. <clears throat> um, most of you may, I just really don't drink. So it'll be interesting to be at the pub crawl and feel all of that energy as the evening goes on. Um, and I am going to be hopefully at, the Urban Unglued event as well. I need to get my ass in gear and submit my application for that event and pay them. But I really want to be there. It's out in Tacoma. And it's a super cool group of people. Misfits and amazing fae-like witches and weirdos. (laughs) And um, Excuse me. my, My throat. So... Uh, yes, very excited to kind of get out in, um, to society as a witch and do my thing. Um, and yeah, and then I'm fucking, I'm doing my second session of the tarot course. There'll be some information on the outro of this podcast if you want to just mention, you know, just, uh, get there, but it's, um, on my website now you can sign up and, um, we're just a couple weeks away. So there's not really much time left for a payment plan, but, um, you know, the cost two two ninety seven. it's a fucking killer deal. You get eight weeks of content. Um, I have extra content coming in. It's in, um, you know, it's, you know, hours of video, uh, instruction, working with the tarot, you get workbooks for every week as well. We do some live Q and a calls, um, every week and it's a really cool group so far. I've got five students signed up and, um, I'm very excited to work with each of them and I'm really excited to see who else is going to come in. I have a feeling we'll get at least five more. So if one of those is you, I would love to have you in. I would love to, um, show you how I, you know, uh, see the tarot, uh, systems and, and how you can really access your own voice as a unique reader so that you can, you know, use tarot for your own personal practice as well as reading for others. 
And I'll tell you that reading for others has become one of my um, love languages. It's been it's been really interesting to read for strangers and recognize that I have um, this tool, this tarot tool, that because I took some time to really understand the archetypes, the elements, the numbers, um, all of the pieces, the, the images, and then to harness my own um, gifts of intuition, which I believe everyone has, the gift of intuition. We're hardwired for it. We're just deprogrammed when we're young, usually. Um, that we have this amazing way of, you know, connecting with each other's hearts when we're centered in that way. And um, the cards are used as this really beautiful evolutionary tool to connect to something deep within someone else that's that's kind of transiting and constellating. And um, I just think it's a beautiful way to, to arrange a conversation. So if you're interested at all in doing that, you've been creating, you've been collecting uh, tarot cards or have, have been geeking out about, um, you know, this new wave of um, power that's coming through these divination tools, um, I really encourage you to come and check it out. Um, I'm adding a few pieces, um, like I said, into a couple of the things. If you're already in the Tarot Collective, if you've already taken a course, you'll get emails um, when when the content, new content gets uh, put into different modules. So, um, yeah. So, and, and, and if you decide to be in the second session, you'll end up on that, you know, updates list too. So whenever I update, you're just going to get um, access to this content forever. So, you know, it's a super amazing, I had thought about making it like a membership site and like, but you know, I just want, you know, anyone who's been a student of me, I want you to have access to my process of how I'm moving forward and growing this. And, uh, and, and I so appreciate anyone who wants to come and learn with me. Um, yeah, anyways, I'm also doing like a reading for the year ahead of Jupiter, and I do want to talk a little bit about the stars today and tomorrow and right now, this waning cycle, right? I mean, God, you guys, this year has been pretty lit, right? Saturn's in Capricorn. It's going to be for the next couple of years, but Saturn being in Capricorn, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, right? So they both have this super huge agenda to organize and structure and um, make efficient, right? And so when you look at your chart and you say, oh, well, Capricorn, uh, you know, for me, um, Capricorn is in my sixth house. So, of course, what is happening for me is I'm uh, being asked to really organize my self-care, how I refill my cup in order to be able to serve you know, Virgo is where the sixth house, you know, Virgo usually lives in the sixth house. Sixth house is all about self-care and service. Health can be career, but it's career in regards to serving, right? So what service do you provide to, to, you know, in order to exchange for your well-being, right? Your, um, your, your whole, um that's funny it's not in my sixth house I was thinking about Jupiter Jupiter's in my sixth house right now so um and that's why I was looking because I was like I don't think that's right so yeah Capricorn for me is seventh and eighth house and but let's just talk about what Saturn's doing right so Saturn it has been retrograding um and it's been retrograding for quite a few months it's going direct today as this podcast release, which is September 18th. So going retrograde for Saturn, you know, you think about these retrogrades, right? Everything goes retrograde and it's really just an illusion. But the the whole deal is the the language of astrology wants to remind us that we get to review and things slow down when when planets are in retrograde. So Saturn's been retrograding in Capricorn for a few months now and has been asking us to really take stock and review the structural damage, right? This, the, the structural integrity 
Okay. Like if you've been building your life based on a certain ideal or a certain narrative and over the course of your life, and let's put it in the, in the Saturn cycle, right? Saturn was in Capricorn, uh, 29 ish years ago. Okay. So maybe you've never had Capricorn, Saturn being Capricorn in your life. For me, it was 29 years ago, which was when I was like, uh, what, 12? So, whoa. Right. So here's, here's how, here's how the narrative gets interesting. You know, Saturn being in Capricorn, hitting my seventh and eighth house, you know, being a visitor in those homes in my chart, activating whatever planets are in there, right? So where is Capricorn in your chart? Noticing what houses it's in, okay? So it's just like Capricorn, you know, Capricorn's living in these houses, right? In your chart, whatever house that may be. Maybe it's your first house, second house, third house, whatever, okay? Find Capricorn in your chart. If you don't know how to find your chart, you just go to astro-chart.com. Um, you can pull up a free horoscope, you can pull up a free, uh, <coughs> wheel and you can find on the outer, uh, um, elliptic what, um, what cap, where Capricorn is in your chart. And then you look at the, the inner elliptic and you'll see the house numbers. And if it's like mine, you know, you'll maybe you see, um, in a couple different houses or maybe it's just one, right? And you'll see maybe there's some planets there or not. This is where Saturn is transiting right now in your natal chart. So <clears throat> it's activating certain kinds of energies. Okay. So the structural foundations are being questioned, right? It's like walking. It's like having an inspector come through the house and say, oh, you know, you got some mold over here. You know, you're going to have to replumb pretty soon. Um, I noticed that some rats got in in the bottom. Uh, you're going to need to, you know, all these little pieces. Um, and by the way, you know, it, uh, it will also uncover the good things. This really good structure, solid stick frame, right? Made out of real uh, cedar wood beams, right? Resistant to infestation of termites or whatever, whatever the thing is. But, but this kind of, this kind of metaphor just wants to, you know, uh, Saturn being that kind of metaphor where it is, it's going to ask, it's going to ask the questions of how structurally sound are these systems? What's the foundation made of? So if you've over the last 29 years or however long you've been on this planet, right? If it's shorter than that, how, how have you been learning about what, what is important to build with? What are your building materials? What have you been making structurally sound? Where are, have you built, right? Because as Saturn goes around the whole wheel, that's what it's doing in every house. So if it's hit your first house, your second house, your third house, whatever, it's going to ask you to look at that portion of your life, that aspect of your life. And it's going to ask you to make things efficient, take out the extra unnecessary bullshit. It's going to ask you to um, uh, create some kind of system so that you're not uh, manually overriding everything all of the time, right? Capricorn really, and Saturn, that energy, Saturn really wants us to understand we have 24 hours in a day. We have this one life in this body to execute the things that we want to execute. And we've got to prioritize and be kind of pragmatic about certain kinds of things, right? Or we're going to end up not getting done the things we want to get done. <clears throat> and further, you know, evolutionary astrology insinuates that um, and supposes that you had a mission when you came here. You signed up to do something. So Saturn goes around and checks the work and says, are you doing this work? Are you doing that work? And by the time it comes back around to wherever, you know, a Saturn return happens around 27, 29, right? 20, uh, it's really going to squeeze you. 
right? It's going to really put your feet against the fire and say, what are you doing to do? Right? So I think that, you know, Saturn being retrograde, it does it, um, I think once a year or, um, every couple of years, <coughs> you know, Saturn being in retrograde slows down, allows really deep, uh, investigation of certain pieces. So for me, you know, it being in my seventh and eighth house, this retrograde period is really about my partnered relationships, right? And I can see that. I can see that I've been um, learning a few things and neglecting a few things, and there's it's time, right? The di- going direct today, or as I'm recording this tomorrow, it's the 18th of September. The the Saturn going direct is going to help move things forward. It's going to start progressing on the build, right? We've been, we've been looking at the blueprints and say, and, and duking out the, the details of how to build something good and structurally sound. And now it moving forward, it's going to say, let's start to execute some of this stuff, right? Let's start to, let's start to make real what we've been talking about because continuing to re uh, do the blueprints is not helping us to actually become more efficient. It's just wasting some more time, but it's time well spent, right? So Saturn has been in retrograde. Now it's going to be going direct. Jupiter and Saturn have been making this dance. They're working towards a conjunction in 2020. And that conjunction, you know, kind of begins in, in January and it's culminates in December of 2020. Um, from what I've read and I'll be doing more podcasts about that dance. They call that the grand conjunction, you know, um, they, you know, Jupiter and Saturn are constantly moving. Um, and about every seven years they hit a really intense relationship, relational aspect, whether that be opposition or conjunction or square. Right. So it's definitely, they're dancing in the sky together. And I love I love that thought, but Jupiter is in Sagittarius. So Saturn's in Capricorn, which is in its home sign, right? Jupiter's in Sagittarius, which is in its home sign, right? So when you look at your chart and you say, oh, well, Jupiter's trying to help me grow in this aspect of my life and Saturn's trying to help me grow in this aspect of my life. Again, looking at the houses as aspects of the life and then looking at the the different planets maybe as other extra elemental energies um, that have to, that, that maybe muck up the process, maybe they aid in the process. And, you know, so these two entities, these two planets being in their home sign, um, there's like this electrical kind of affiliation. It's really strong energy. It's really good uh, energy to work with from a magical standpoint. And Jupiter wants to grow and expand things, right? So now Jupiter is going to be moving into Capricorn. As it, as it gets closer, right, Jupiter moves faster than Saturn, okay? Jupiter only takes 12 years to get to its return. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to lap Saturn, right? It's going to go past it. But as it goes past it, right, there'll be that conjunction where they're together in the sky in Capricorn before Jupiter keeps moving. So Jupiter's going to be in Capricorn starting December 2nd. And um, the year ahead uh, for that is going to be pretty amazing because there's this reality check as well as um, dreamy kind of luck and fortuitous uh, stuff that Jupiter brings, right? It's the, it's the dance between limitations and growth. We all have these, this dance we're doing between limitations and growth, and it's going to really be intensified next year. Um, and so I'm doing this year ahead spread. I really, I wanted to do it for myself. So I'm going to be doing that for myself and probably sharing that on a podcast, but I also, um, or maybe on a live, I don't know, but I also wanted to see who's interested in that work. So I have something up on my website. Go ahead and check out, uh, slash readings. If you're interested. Um, the other thing is, you know, so we've just had this Pisces full moon. Now the Pisces full moon happened on Friday the 13th. And other than it being like on this Friday the 13th, which is, you know, I mean, from a witch's standpoint, it's pretty fantastic. 
to be able to celebrate a full moon on Friday the 13th. Um, it's like a big fuck you to all the superstitious bullshit that is uh, usually rampant. But we've been starting to redefine um, what all of this means. You know, 13 is a lucky number. Um, it has a very beautiful connotation back in magical, uh, you know, traditions. And, you know, we, we've come to start, you know, regarding it with a little more reverence than just the, Ooh, spooky shit's going to go down, you know? Um, excuse me, (laughs) my goodness. So, so I loved that it happened. Uh, this Pisces full moon was conjunct Neptune and Pisces, right? Neptune's been in Pisces for a bit now. And Neptune in Pisces has this dreamy element. And every time there's been a conjunction or a square to another planet, Nep- Neptune's just been kind of really activated because it's in its home sign. And so, you know, we've got all these actual, ac- actually all these planets in their home signs. They're just extra potent energy right now and so you know Neptune's extra dreamy and sensitive and sensual and really is like feeling itself right and so this Pisces full moon was just like I think everyone I encountered I mean we were on retreat you know but we were all just kind of like in la la land to some degree and it's not to say that it was like this disembodied feeling it's a presence that's just a different quality and um, I feel like Neptune and Pisces has really been training us to feel a little more, or at least it's been training me to feel a little more at ease with um, the delusional kinds of ways we can kind of get away from ourselves and my dream life, right? So I've been dreaming a lot about crocodiles. I've been having a lot of like really interesting dreams where I've been in what looks like supposed danger and during visions at the retreat I was like riding a crocodile like shooting through the water and I um I found out some really cool stuff about crocodiles actually um and the sacred the sacral chakra and the affiliation there uh, but that's a whole nother thing for my personal journey but it's just Crocodile medicine is just really interesting. And when I think of it in relationship to Neptune and in relationship to Pisces, right? Pisces is the fish. It's the mutable watery sign. And, um, you know, and thinking about myself, my reptilian brain, the programming, you know, um, my spirituality was not programmed into me. Okay, I was not um, on this physical plane. You know, I may have some ancestral stuff that's kind of at play, but I was not uh, programmed to be religious. I didn't go to church. I was never um, forced by my parents to pray or taught about, you know, sin or Jesus. Um, There was none of that. I learned that kind of unbeknownst to me through friends who took me to churches. And by the way, I had a friend that I went to probably her youth group and her church the most who was Baptist, which was very um, intense for me. I recognized, um, you know, not, I I, I recognized how much it triggered me um, because of some of the trauma that I've had uh, around my sexuality and different things. It was a very intense kind of thing. So I feel like this Neptune and Pisces time, because Neptune won't be in, you know, it goes very slow, right? Neptune, Neptune's transit. Now I can't, I'm not going to be able to just uh, pull this out of my uh, hat, of course, but Neptune moves very slow. Um, And so it's not as though we're going to have a bunch of these in, our lives, right? It's actually so ooh, interesting. So it makes, makes its um, po- most potent transit during midlife period, somewhere around age 42 to 44. So it doesn't, but it does not actually make a full return in a human lifetime. It's, so its period is a, of influence is effective for about two years. So that's interesting, right? So it's saying, and I'll, I'm going to be looking into that, right? The Neptune situation because you know 
this means that, um, where was, some people can totally remember all their planets. I just, the work that I've done, I remember what I've worked on and I don't, and I can't say I've worked on Neptune a lot. So there's that. So Neptune's in Pisces right now. And when I was born, it was in Scorpio. So that's interesting. I'm curious which aspect they think 42 through 44 is very potent for. I would think it'd be an opposition. Um, anyways, so if it's made it, basically it's made it from Scorpio to Pisces in my lifetime. Um, and that's only one, two, three, like that's four signs away, right? So Neptune is not going to come back around. You don't have a Neptune return. So most of us, all of us have never felt Neptune in Pisces, right? There's so many ways that we can work with astrology where we understand the language because every month we get a couple days where the moon is in Pisces, right? So we understand that energy. But when these larger, you know, planets or these outer planets are transiting through something, it's like we don't really have a relationship with that energy. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to think about what that means and then even look, you know, back into history. Well, when was when was Neptune and Pisces before and what happened around issues of spirituality, which are the. Um, playground of Pisces, right? The sensual life, the spiritual, the unconscious, the dream life, right? What was happening? Um, and I think it's really interesting that now is a time of acute kinds of madness. We're looking at so much madness being paraded as reality, right? Reality TV, and it's like all these things that I think are kind of um, spiritually... Um, Oh, not devoid. I don't want to, I don't, you know, everybody teach their own, but there's this sense that, you know, we've been secularized, um, in so many ways, which is fine, right? No one has to be spiritual, right? I tend to find spirituality to be endlessly fascinating, but I know a lot of people could give two shits about the spiritual, uh, kind of vibration of what our energetic body is like. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I want to know more, um, but mostly through experience, right? I don't want to just learn, oh, this is your experience, which is what religion was always teaching was like, here, this is what a religious experience is. Read about it, right? But don't have one because, you know, you don't get to have a direct experience. And so now we're living in this age, I would say, where spirituality and the direct experience of spirituality is like um, how we're getting information, how we're downloading new information about what it is to actually be human. Um, so I think that that's an interesting piece that maybe has to do with Neptune being in Pisces and um, and then all the other pieces actually coming into play too because we're in the Aquarian age where we're thinking about the collective and how to heal the collective so and 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 the the kind of feminine area of this yeah it'd be interesting to notice how Neptune moving through each sign whether it's feminine or masculine if there were shifts in you know temperaments in that way uh, yeah. So there's lots, lots to do. <laughs> Astrologically wise. Astrology. Uh, astrologically. Um, for me personally. Um, but yeah, so after this Pisces full moon, which is conjunct Neptune and Pisces, <coughs> excuse me, you know, the sun's going to enter Libra, um, on the 23rd, which is Monday of next week. And that is the autumnal equinox. It's when the night and day are the same. So it's, you know, from a witch's standpoint, it's uh, the balancing time of the year. It's the dark and the light in perfect balance. Um, we call it Mebon or Mebon, uh, which is a, a celebration of the dark and the light and of balance and harmony. And it initiates the time when sun enters Libra, right? So Libra being the scales. Libra is a cardinal air sign. It generates 
you know, Cardinal always starts, right? It starts the season. So it's the beginning of autumn in the Western Hemisphere, in the Northern Hemisphere, rather. <coughs> Excuse me. And it, it generates this um, initiation of dying time, right? The dying to the self. And so Libra time uh, of the year is akin to kind of the tower medicine of the tarot where we, we really do level out um, and, and get back to basics, right? We're not really running around ex- depleting all of our energy, although the call to do that is there within our society with all of the holidays coming, Um we always have a tendency, I think, in this capitalistic consumer culture to um, continue to do as much as um, we did during the summer. And I imagine um, our the times we get sick and all of that has to do with all of those things. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to, you know, take a look at what Maybon means. Look at how Libra uh, the, the scales, the balance of this time of year can really help to inform your rituals, help to inform your practices, meditations, and different tools that you're using now. The moon cycles, you know, of course the new moon in Libra is coming up at the end of the month on the 28th. So noticing that the sun and the moon are in the same sign. That's how you know what the new moon's sign is, right? So when there's a new moon, you look at where the sun's at, very rarely, but sometimes it'll change on that day. So it's, it's confusing, but you know, the new, the moon and the sun being conjunct creates a new moon means we won't be able to see the moon in the sky, right? So we just had the full moon. It's waning until then. So it's really, um, a time of, of pushing forward into this balancing season of the year where, all the, all the life that, um, has been growing so rich and amazing all summer, is going to start to die away and be used for compost and fodder. Right. And with that, I want to encourage you to begin some kind of practice that will keep you, um, minded towards this work if it's calling to you right watching the moon um since we may not be going outside as much if it's if it's really dark and cold and all those things what are ways that you can still connect with nature right maybe having an indoor herb garden maybe having some kind of practice where you um go outside for a moment every night and see where the moon is if you can see the moon through the through the clouds, I know that, you know, there are tons of places where it's still going to be pretty nice out and you'll be able to see the moon and have a relationship with the moon. Um, but I want to really encourage all of you to continue to connect with nature in whatever way helps you to see the process of, uh, death and rebirth, right? And as we move towards Salon, which is um, the witch's new year, as well as what is secularly known as Halloween, um, as we move towards that time of year, you know, we really are letting go of and taking stock of what we've accomplished this year. So looking back and saying, you know, what did Saturn in Capricorn help me to build? What kinds of foundations am I working with right now? And... Um, it's a really wonderful time to kind of withdraw a little bit of the external, you know, effort, start the efforting, <laughs> as I heard one of my friends say in her coaching practice, these efforty ways that we push things forward and in fact, start to, um, draw in, right? This is the time when herbalists will, uh, be harvesting roots because, all of the plants aren't sending all the energy out to gain sunlight and to bloom for pollination. They actually send all their energy back down into the roots so that there's enough sugar and <clears throat> minerals so that the roots stay viable throughout the cold of winter. So the medicine is really rich there, right? Notice how you 
must do that for yourself. Maybe it means taking um, an extra bath a week. Maybe that means, you know, wearing cozy socks. Maybe that means, um, you know, giving yourself a little extra time in the morning. Maybe it means, an, uh, you know, an hour extra of sleep. So notice, notice how you can kind of figure, and I'll be figuring this out for myself too. That list that I just listed out, I think I'm fucking, I need to do all those things. I just have to do my Virgo thing and schedule that shit in because otherwise there's never any enough time. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, different kinds of practices that nourish, thinking about the nourishing of the roots so that we're not depleted when spring comes. Because springtime, you think if you if you experience during springtime kind of procrastination or or fear or anxiousness, um, because all of a sudden you know there's productive things to do, recognize how you feel in winter. Notice the feelings that you have around being inside and 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 kind of being um, <clears throat> more withdrawn, right? Um, my love the thought of just nourishing ourselves a little bit differently every season and, you know, depending on how you feel through that season, maybe winter is super easy for you, right? And summer is where you feel more depleted and you need a little more withdrawing time. I think that's, you know, fairly common. It's why people even live in Washington, maybe, because it's just, you know, a little less intense during the summer. So finding that way, um, you know, and again, this Pisces full moon is really allowing us to connect to that subconscious, that sensual feeling in our life, that unconscious dream life where, you know, we really do know what we are devoted to, what we love, you know, and, um, and it really is to this, this full moon of forgiveness. So when we forgive ourselves for not having enough to do this, other work that we should be doing or quote unquote, you know, or when we get something wrong because we misstepped or we, um, or we have to kind of bite our tongue because we want to say something, but it's not helpful. Um, you know, all of that is tapping into the really helpful, sensual, um, subconscious, spiritually minded Pisces energy. And, uh, I think, I think the, the waning cycle from that and, you know, by the way, the, you know, the full moon, um, being on an axis with the new moon, right? So we're on this like Virgo Pisces axis of the year. Again, we have it twice, right? So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a great time to remember how self-service is, um, key for the maintenance of the soul, right? Serving your soul self allowing yourself to really feel into and be present with your whole self, the subconscious self, the, the intuitive self and honoring that part of yourself by, you know, maybe making some quiet space, right. Then scheduling that in, you know, Virgo is really, really intentional about making space and time and prioritizing. Um, it's why they love their to-do lists. It's why, um, they love to plan things. They plan. I was telling somebody, I said, the superpower of Virgo is to plan things ahead of time. And then when you get to the time when things are like push go, you know, this, the, the, the aligned superpower going forward is just to let things unfold as they do, right? Because it's mutable earth. It's recognizing things change and how can you grace with that flow? And, you know, Pisces being the opposite sign, it's mutable water. Right. So knowing the cyclical uh, lessons of water, right, the tide changes, right? Sometimes the tide is really high. You cannot go and find clams on a high tide, right? You have to wait till the tide goes out and go into the, the ground then and start digging up your treasures. So you have to time yourself right. You have to have some... Um, you know, where for out to understand that there's a cyclical nature to things and not everything is good for all the time, right? Shift, things shift. And that's how our self-care is too. And so I love this access. I love, you know, my friend Kimberly, who's just putting out a book called Ghost Stories and Hippie Shit, 
which is so amazing. And I think I'm going to have her on the show at some point. I have a few witches actually that I'm going to do some interviews with. And me and her, she's on, she's on a boat. She's like a super sea witch. So she's like out and about and doesn't always have, um, Wi-Fi. So I don't know how we're going to be able to do it or if it'll be the sound quality we need for this podcast, but we're going to, I think we're going to try anyway. So she's putting out this book, but she was saying how Virgo Pisces energy is like her favorite. And I have to fucking agree. I have to agree because this axis is, um, well, it's one of my kindreds, right? Cause I'm a, a, a Virgo son, but at the same time, it's just like this axis. And so many of my friends are Pisces too, by the way. But this axis really does help us as humans to prepare ourselves for the shifts and growth and, um, and like the reality of our life. But it also uh, gives us, you know, this gentle kind of dream space um, and this remembrance of who we are from a divine standpoint, the big picture of spinning through the universe, um, all together on purpose and kind of all having this soul, um, that is both unique and part of a collective. That's, you know, this beautiful axis that we find ourselves on right now. So I hope that you've spent some time really loving yourself as always super advocating about that. Oh, and I think I didn't know to mention this, but I'm reading some books. I have some goals for books and I want to recommend them and I'll put some links in the show notes, but I'm still trying to get through, um, uh, a couple books. Okay. So one of them is evolutionary herbalism, evolutionary herbalism. I started reading at the beginning of the year, um, well, no, probably around March and I'm about 150 pages in. It's a super rich, amazing book. And I'll put the the link in the show notes. You have to read this book. It's about the light of awareness and the sentience of all things and working with herbs almost in a shamanic kind of heart math way. And if all of those words mean nothing to you, I even more recommend that you pick up this book because I want to know if you have the same experience as I did, where it was more like remembering than learning because my heart and my body system literally when it when I was reading this these this these opening chapters right when I was reading the first 150 pages was just like oh my heart was like oh you're talking about me like ooh, you know and I was also working with Suzette my heart math heart math coach at the time so there was just this activation that happened, um, through that time. And, um, I'm so thankful for my body. So fucking thankful. So I'm, I'm, I have a goal to, by the end of the year, finish reading that book. Um, and I also, uh, want to finish reading, rereading actually, cause I read this book probably 20 years ago when I was going through herb school and, uh, it's called uh, Wise Woman Herbal Healing Wise by Susan Weed. Now, she is pretty controversial. So she can be kind of a, but she's got a whole situation. But her book is incredible. And it talks about the the very simple practice of um, uh, relating herbs to life. <clears throat> and it's a really wonderful seminal kind of work for working with herbs in the wild wise woman tradition. So I, I'm wanting to reread that. I started rereading it, um, at the beginning of summer and just kind of hasn't, haven't put it as a priority. The other one I really want to dive into is, um, as a yoga book, it's called Lunar Love Flow by Jen Falk, F-A-L-K. And she is, um, actually a Pacific Northwest native and she is affiliated with my, um, she gave this book, well, or was bought my, my, um, facilitator training that I did for the, the, the moon is my calendar. I'm a moon guide for that, um, journal. And, um, I took the course with April, April McMurdy last, um, winter. And she sent this book along with some other things for the moon guides, um, who were in that program. And, 
It's just a really fucking lovely book. It's called Lunar Love Flow, Practicing Yoga with the Moon. And so it has um, uh, sequences of poses for yoga. And the cutest part is that they're in little stick figure drawings. I love it. And um, I'll share it in my stories or something if you're on Instagram. But there's a waxing energy, you know, and a waning energy, which is um, yin and yang, right? Or yang and yin. Um, For every um, sign and every, um, and for every moon phase. So you can look to an app like Deluxe Moon, which is what I have usually for, um, I'll look at that. I have journals too, let's be honest. But I'll look at where the moon is at and, um, or well, my intention is, right? So while reading these other books, my intention is to kind of journey through this yoga book and cultivate a practice at home of quick um, poses. Really, most of them are, are three or five poses, maybe six in a couple of them. But it's a really quick practice that you can kind of do two or three times, attune to the moon. And I really love this um, practice. So I'll post a little bit about it on um, Instagram if you want to, you know, tell me how you're doing with that. I'll tag Jen so that um, if you want to get the book, you can find it. And yeah, I'm just really excited. Fall time is super exciting for me. There's a lot going on, like I mentioned, and um, it's exciting to kind of have that kind of come through. So thank you so much for listening and for being part of this, um, you know, my work is unfolding and I'm not sure what I'm doing, right? As many of us maybe feel. But all I know is that uh, there has never been a better time to be alive for creative people. And as I give myself permission to show up how I want to be every day, I hope that that reminds you that you can give yourself Uh, permission to stand in your own power and show us who you really are because what we need more now than ever in this day and age are people who are lit the fuck up and feeling alive so find your passion and if you would love a reading reach out if you'd love to work with me reach out if you're in the pacific northwest one come to an event and i would love to have you thank you so much take care Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, please do me the honor of sharing, reviewing, and subscribing. It helps to share the work for other people to find this podcast that need this work. I'm so thankful that you're here. If you'd like to do a reading with me, go to paintedgoddess.com. That's P-A-I-N-T-E-D-G-O-D-D-E-S-S.com. And book there or send me a message. I'm at Painted Goddess on Instagram and I'm there sharing all of the things that I love to uh, talk about and that light me up. I also have a new class coming up, the Tarot Collective, beginning on September 30th, where I have an eight-week online course, content delivered to you every week, live Q&As every week, where we can talk and discuss about the tarot, where you will learn to find the basics of tarot and your own unique voice as a reader. I also have another beautiful offering coming up that I've just created called the Jupiter Year Ahead. Jupiter's moving into Capricorn in December and it's been in Sagittarius for a year. I'm excited to do these readings because it's a look ahead at what Jupiter is coming to teach you, to help you grow and expand and build a strong foundation for in the year of Capricorn. If you're interested in this reading, I have 36 spots only. This reading is one of the higher priced, 
but I'm going to discount it for a few weeks. So if you book before October 31st, you'll get a special discount. I want to fill my books with these readings and book everybody ahead of time so that I don't have to keep promoting it. So if you're interested in this work, go to paintedgoddess.com slash readings and you'll see all the information. That's paintedgoddess.com slash readings, R-E-A-D-I-N-G-S. And you'll find all the information there. And just as a bonus, and as a, uh, as they call it in the Kickstarter world, a reach goal, if I get 100 reviews by December 1st on this podcast, I will give away one of these Jupiter Year Ahead readings. So if you already booked with me, I'll refund your money. So do book ahead of time. But if I get 200 reviews, then I will give away a reading. This reading is normally um, valued at $125. And I'm discounting it until October 31st at $97, which is a huge value anyways. But if I get 100 uh, reviews on this podcast, I will give one of those readings away to one of you, dear listeners. Thank you so much. I hope that you are lovely and well, and I'll talk to you soon.